Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome Success Secret Nation to this new episode of the Success Secret Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. With this episode, I have with me Cheryl Johnson. She's a performance solutions specialist. She has spent her whole life developing solutions that enable people to perform at their best. She wrote the book Ambition, The Missing Quotation in Your Employees because she saw a need to change the way we approach learning. Cheryl, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. So let me first begin with that performance solution specialist means because we are are as human beings look always for being, we try to achieve things to and perform better always, but sometimes things get in the way, right? So how do we improve this side of us? Well, there's a couple different um, approaches I guess I take. I started off my career as an instructional designer. Um, little did I know that p- the expectation when I went to work for people was that I would simply write instructions on, you know, like a manual. Here's step by step how you complete a process. My expectation when I became an instructional designer was that I would create learning experiences that would help enable people to do things better and to improve the way they do things. And there is subtle differences. I guess if you think about it, you think about when you get um, buy a new product and you open the owner's manual, those are instructions. Um, They teach you how to use whatever it is you just bought. Where I saw learning as a tool to help you perform better in your job or wherever, you know, it may be. I'm also a certified mental trainer. So I work with um, sometimes athletes, but Oftentimes, they're just individuals who are wanting to improve their overall performance. Say you're a small business owner and you want to, you know, improve your business outcomes, those types of things. I've said that learning is the fuel, you know, to to better performance. So kind of the crux of my approach is all about effective learning. Uh, we are we as humans love to learn things but sometimes these these things multi- take time right so what is the best way for us to let's say speed things up in the in the, the in the in the direction that we want to achieve my take on that is that it's really at the core learning to love learning i think as you know even from a young child i guess where i started was when my kids were young I noticed that, you know, a lot of parents wanted to teach their kids the ABCs and how to count and, you know, those types of things. 
And of course, you know, you want to teach them to read. I felt like as a parent, if I could teach my kids to love the process of learning, that when they go to school, learning ABCs and those types of things will just kind of come natural. So rather than teach them to read, I taught them to love to read. And that was kind of a double-edged sword because even when they were just two, three years old, I remember we bought this series of Disney books. They weren't just picture books, you know, like you typically buy for a two or three-year-old. They were, you know, I don't know, 20 page books with Mm. lots of words on them. And there was about 20 books in the series. And oh my gosh, we'd sit down to read a book, you know, at night for a story. And they were like, oh, we're done with this book. Let's read another book. Let's read another book. Let's read another book. I'm like, no, we've got to go to bed, you know? And to this day, my kids are very avid readers and they love reading. And so I didn't have to teach them how to read because I taught them to love to read. And, you know, like we we go to school and we think, okay, we graduated high school. We're done learning now. We go into the work world. Oh, no, now we go to college. Okay, now we're done with college. We're done with learning. No more learning, you know, because we see learning as somebody giving you information and you basically regurgitating it back. And yeah. then when you're done regurgitating it back, you say, oh, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. This is this is a big problem, actually. Like you mentioned, when we first finished school and college, it's basically like we're thinking now we are in the workplace. We don't really have to learn anything new anymore. We'll just go do this job and do this work and that's it. And we will get paid. Though learning learning is not about where you are or the or your age, right? It's about personal growth like you want to improve yourself because if you don't it's about the skill if you don't improve your skills some people around you will and they will get let's say more money or a higher position or this kind of thing so thinking that limiting yourself in that place is not good for you as a human being exactly and you know in what kind of prompted me to write this book and I started actually writing it 10 years ago was being in the workplace and being a contractor, I worked with a lot of different organizations. One of the things I noticed is was that people in the workplace weren't really interested in learning. A hundred years ago, you could learn what you needed to learn in school and kind of go into the workplace and information or the flow of information moves so slowly that it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you could learn gradually bit by bit and be okay. But in the world we live in today, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. And so, you know, from a personal perspective, I always tell people it's your responsibility to develop a love of learning and to take that responsibility upon you. But I also tell employers, and I, I have found this to be true. You hire, a, let's say a college graduate. And within a couple of years, whatever they did learn in those, you know, 15, 16 years of school doesn't necessarily mean they're going to know what they need to know to do the job today. So I think our employers need to become institutions of learning. And, you know, we have a marketing department, a sales department, you know, a production department, all those kind of things. And For compliance reasons, a lot of times an organization will have a learning department, but they don't have a learning department to really enable Uh, them. Yeah, that's really active. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like they might have something, but really the, the, the only thing that is in the process or that sent employees, maybe these things that about, like you mentioned, these kind of compliance things that you have to adhere to internal things or policies of the company. It's not like they send the, the employees like... This is, for example, a course for you to develop the skills in a certain particular area. Uh, this is the problem, I think, with organization and big, especially big businesses that they, a lot of them don't support their employees. They want them just to only do the, the work, the task that they do on daily basis and just go home and come the next day, do the same thing. And people get bored. Yeah, and- of course. <laughs> And they don't know, you know, how to how to move themselves forward within the organization. A lot of times organizations, especially big organizations, will have a you know sales training or leadership training. But to me, the problem with a lot of those, their approach is they take people out of the workplace and they send them to a class and they teach them all of these really in-depth theoretical things about leadership and about sales, and then they send them back to work. And Mm. then there's this huge gap because people don't know how to bridge the gap between, oh, this is what I was doing in this class, which typically is a very sanitized learning approach. It's like, we're going to teach you the perfect way to do this. But then you get back into the workplace and the workplace is like, it's not at all sanitized. It's like, oh, I have this problem. You didn't teach me how to do this. You didn't teach me when this goes wrong, how to do this kind of thing. And Mm. one of the stories I always tell, I tell in the book, and I I frequently tell people is many years ago, (laughs) I started a business and I wanted to teach disabled people how to use computer technology. And it was when assistive technology was first coming on the market. And I was married to a person who was blind. And um, so it seemed like a good fit, except problem number one is I had no experience with computers. I mean, I had been a secretary and I had typed on a computer, I mean, a typewriter, but I'd never used a computer really. So I was jumping into the deep end of the pool, not knowing anything about computers, not knowing anything about assistive technology. So I went to take... um, a training course from a reseller of this assistive technology, which was voice recognition technology. This is how long ago it was, like early 1990s. And we paid a lot of money for this, you know, to become a reseller. And I had to buy this laptop computer and it was really challenging to get there. It was in the middle of the winter. All the flights were delayed. I mean, I I literally got in at like four or five in the morning and the class started at, at nine and I was dead tired. And it was just, I mean, the whole thing started off on the wrong foot. And, you know, within an hour or two of being in the class, my computer didn't work. And I was like, oh my gosh. So they brought in a tech support, you know, the class moved ahead and was doing what they were doing. And the tech support, I sat there and watched them fix my computer. Well, you know, the next day I come in and my computer didn't work. You know, and this was the computer they provided to me. It wasn't my new brand new computer. And for the five days I was there, I can tell you, I was so far behind the class because my computer just never worked. And no matter what new computer they brought in, it just didn't work. And (laughs) 
I know. I was so frustrated. I just spent like $10,000 on the computer and, you know, this reseller license and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I went home and I just cried. And I took my computer, my laptop that I bought and all my books and I threw them in a closet. And I was like, well, that was the biggest waste of my time and waste of my money. I was so frustrated. But then I, you know, it's not my nature to give up. So a couple of weeks later, I pulled the laptop out of the closet, pulled the tutorials out that they provided to me. And slowly I started going through things. I'd come across an issue, you know, and this didn't work. And I was like, oh, but I learned how to do that. You know, other people were learning what was in the manual, what was in the tutorial, how to use voice recognition technology. I was so busy learning how to make the computer compatible with the software that I wasn't necessarily learning what was in the tutorial, but the tutorial was pretty good. So I was able to walk myself through the tutorial and all the while fix all the problems that came up because I was learned in an environment where everything didn't go right, you know? And I think a lot of times we get really frustrated if we pay for especially a, a learning experience And the whole time we're just frustrated because things aren't working. Things aren't going according to plan. Exactly. But like you you talked about something very important, like the circumstances did not go your way, but you did not give up. You wanted to motivate yourself and inspire yourself. And you made learning for yourself work. So this is the most important thing that you have. If there is nobody around in the business or corporation or this big entity to to help you out, like you have to do your own thing. You have to learn by yourself. You have to motivate yourself to to advance yourself, right? So how important this area is? It is. And that's kind of leads me back to the title of my book, The Ambition Quotient. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes. Where do you we get this ambition? ambition? Yeah. Where does it come from? What, you know, why did I have what it took to become that that person? And I look back at, you know, my own family circumstances, and I grew up in a family of highly successful people who, you know, when they went to school, they got good grades, they were athletes, they were the top athletes, and I wasn't. (laughs) I just wasn't the most gifted student in school. And, you know, everything I got in school was because I had to study, I had to learn, I had to overcome challenges. You know, I wouldn't say I had a learning disability by any means, but I certainly wasn't as gifted. And I felt so, you know, at the time I felt so slighted, like, why is it that I can't be like my brothers and sisters and my mom and dad? They're so gifted at everything they do. And my mom used to tell me, she says, you know, it's really a blessing that you're not so gifted. She said, because you had to work to learn Mm -hmm. things. And you had to, you know, just kind of like the experience I just shared, you know, if I would have gone to that class and everything would have worked just fine when I went back home and I lived in Wyoming, we didn't have cell phones at the time. And oftentimes I would go train a person with a disability. I would be on site at their home or their office and I would be sometimes out of phone, you know, I'd be up on top of a mountain. I laughed the one time I literally was on top of a mountain in Casper and the person didn't even have a phone. So I had no way to access any, any help. Most of the time I had a phone and I could call my brother who was, you know, into computers and things. And when things didn't always work, he could help me out. 
And through that process, I, I just learned so much about computers and, you know, that type of thing, which led to a, a relatively successful business um, teaching people, you know, with disabilities how to use computers. So, you know, even my brothers and sisters to this day, they'll tell me as they've moved on in life, they've really struggled as adults because they didn't learn when they were young how to work to learn things. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a good work ethic, you know, but they just didn't know how to teach themselves because they were so reliant upon teachers or someone else to, you know, impart knowledge to them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and also we know that like when we learn, we need to, like we mentioned also that we need to also apply this into certain area in our business or in our life. Because without action, knowledge is basically maybe useless. It's not like it's power. It's maybe potential power, right? So so how does knowledge and learning uh, help us get more to take action and see the results? Because we can be in love, for example, in business, we can we can be in love for the results that we are going to achieve or, for example, what we actually doing that we are serving people in it. Well, that kind of leads me to another story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll share the actual um, story, but it, it's very commonplace. Um, a couple of them here. One of my biggest frustrations in the workplace, and I, like I said, going back, you know, 10 years ago, I started doing a lot of research into this area. Employers complain because they're, the people that they're hiring are lacking basically five characteristics, creativity, teamwork, communication Mm -hmm. skills, problem solving, and resilience. I always have to think about them. And those are the core things that allow us to take knowledge and, you know, turn it into actionable, meaningful work, you know, that produces results and that makes us feel good. My daughter got a job. She was really excited. She finally graduated from college and all that good stuff. And she got out into the work world and she went to work for a large insurance company. And the first thing they did was sit her down at a computer and none of her, you know, computer, she didn't have the the proper credentials yet to log onto the computer to access, you know, the information that she needed and all the forms and everything. So for the first week or two, she sat there and did nothing but read a book. I mean, all she had was a badge that she could, you know, here's your parking pass, here's your badge to get into the building. And, and she would just sit there and, you know, she was so excited about this job and she was all motivated. And then they come in and they're like, oh no. And then after sitting there for two weeks, they shipped her off to Chicago to sit in the classroom for another two weeks, which she said was good. But when she got back, once again, she didn't, she didn't have the, there was a gap there. Yeah. How do I take this information and do this? And so her motivation level, her ambition just, because she was just discouraged, you know? Um, And one of the contract jobs that I had where I, I really felt like they were really doing a great job was the first day I was on the job, I had access to everything. But the most important thing I had an access to was a mentor or a coach. And they gave me a project and it wasn't just some here, go do this. And when you're done, let me know. So we can say that we taught you something. It was a meaningful project. 
It was something that, you know, was going to have an impact on a potential client, a huge potential client that we were working with. And I honestly, I was kind of scared. I was like, whoa, this is a lot. You know, I I just I just started today. (laughs) I don't want all this responsibility kind of thing. But I had a coach and I had a mentor and she really helped me, you know, work through this project. And that's you know, I had come to the table with a certain amount of knowledge and they were banking on the fact that I had that knowledge (laughs) by throwing me into this. But even though I was scared and I was nervous, I was excited that they had put that confidence in me and I wasn't bored. And I, I had somebody that was like, okay, here, let me give you these one, two, three steps. You go do these one, two, three steps, and then you come back to me and we'll talk. Or if during those one, two, three steps, I didn't understand something, just come back to me and we'll talk and we'll work it out. We need to, as employers, we need to give people meaningful work. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And especially right out of the gate when you first hire them. Yeah. Like, like when you get the, the first day, you're excited, you want to do certain things and you get, you get like, you don't have access, you don't work for like one to two weeks, maybe more because they call it a training i guess so yeah. <laughs> but there, but there is no not really that much training so yeah you, you have to to make people involved from the beginning when you believe in somebody they want to rise to those expectations the other thing is um google actually is one that does this i don't know if they still do it you know 5 6 7 years ago when i was doing a lot of research there's, I came across them and I came across a company over in Europe and they actually encourage their people in their downtime, you know, and they give them a certain amount of downtime to take on a project that's of interest to them. And they fully expect they're going to fail. And that's okay because failing, you learn so much in the process. If you think of video games, I'm, you know, to me, video games are kind of a double-edged sword here. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It's fun for for like an hour, maybe a week or two weeks. Two. But then continuously playing games is not. It's not good. <laughs> but think about when when people build a video game. It's like most kids now, adults. We get the manual out and look at it and try to figure it out, and it doesn't work. But kids, they just jump in, and they start <laughs> playing, and they you know they have these little cheats we call them cheats and in the real world we're not supposed to cheat but they use these cheats to kind of figure out how to you know navigate the game and as they navigate they get moved on to a higher level and as they navigate that they get moved on to a higher level and that's kind of how learning should be it should be scaffolded in such a way that we learn this these few things and we need we need cheats we need job aids we need a coach. We need a mentor. We need somebody to help us. And then we can just keep leveling up, you know? And as we level up, we get more and more excited and motivated to keep playing the game. Yeah, exactly. This is this is what should be happening because like we mentioned earlier, it's about the growth. So growth will take you one step at a time. You cannot jump to the, for example, to the 12th level just in just with one click. You have to go through one through 12. You cannot jump all the levels at once. You have to go through through them one by one. So can you give us the most important pointers in your book, Ambition? The most important thing, I think, are those five things that I told you. You know, um, kind of back to Google on this. I wish I could remember the name of this company over in Europe. But like I said, they expect people to fail. 
They expect people to try things and fail. And first of all, this is, you'd have to be a relatively large company to do this so you could absorb some of the cost. When you allow people to fail and learn from those failures, you know, that's where you develop creativity, you know, and you develop teamwork because in working on your project, um, my master's degree, I got through an action learning program, which kind of illustrates these five, you know, things that I'm talking about. I didn't go take the GRE and get admitted to grad school and, you know, do the typical route. What I did was I was working for a company and they assigned, I got to pick my project, what I wanted to do for my master's program. It was a year and a half long. And during that time, I had to implement this program. And to do that, I had to use a lot of creativity. You know, I had to design the project. And then I had to go around to all the people in the organization, you know, the different departments and say, okay, here's how your department can help me. And this is how I had to talk to people. I had to work with people. I had to bring people together to say, you know, how would this work? And like every three months, I'd have check-ins with my coach or mentor. And we'd go through what I was doing. And, um, you know, I had to learn to communicate. I had to learn to communicate with different people of all different stripes, all different generations, all different cultures. Our our company was definitely a multicultural company. And in addition to that, um, you know, I had to build resilience when things didn't work. I had to go back and try again. I had to redesign the project. And at the very end of the project, to be honest, the project failed, you know, and I was like, oh, no, you know, the company decided not to move forward with this, you know, learning program that I had designed. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't pass. I don't get my degree. You know, I got an F. <laughs> this is not good. F for failure. Ooh, written all over my face. It's a scarlet letter right on my forehead, you know. But no, they said, no, you, you went through the process. And at each stage of the game, you learn something. And the reason that they didn't move forward with my learning program had nothing to do with all the work I had done. It had to do with the fact that they, um, my coach or mentor, actually, um, she had retired. They brought on a new person. And this new person was like, no, nope, I'm going to do things my way. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know how that goes, right? But that's real life. Yeah, this is the, the most important thing is the process and failure like in school. A lot of people or students fear when they fail an exam. But but for me, I didn't really I didn't really care if I failed because I know if I failed, it does not mean I, I did not study and did not prepare for it at all for example if i and if i get get certain grades for example for a certain exam or certain project i know if i am going to get 100 out of 100 because i know that i not only prepared i may be over prepared <laughs> so so failure is is not is not something to stop on and put a period on and that's it you have to start in with a new line and go at it again because you can teach you can teach yourself new things you can see things differently maybe you will see some opportunities there you, you missed so it's not like life stops at failure when in, whether it's in business or in life in general exactly and i think schools in general should you know take that to heart i'm actually doing some contract work right now for a university and um, I really like their program because 
you don't you know, you don't move on until you reach a certain you know level of competency and if you it's not like oh i you know we have a you know quarter a term i can't even think i'm just so long since i've been in college but you have a nine week period right at the end of that nine week period if you don't you know if you get an f you certainly have to take it over but if you even get a c or a d you pass but that doesn't mean you really learn the information. The way this um, university is structured is you don't move on until you reach a certain level of competency. That's it. And if you don't, you know, if, if the first time or two that you, you go through the information, you don't learn it, you know, you have a, an advisor, a coach, somebody to help you get that information and move on. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, you know, only moving on to the next level, just like in video games, you don't move on to a certain level till you reach a certain level of competency. And it isn't that you fail. Exactly, it's not like the end of the, the end of life. <laughs> you can do it again. So, do you think that we missed some, talking about learning here or teaching something that's important and value to people, and we can talk about? I think, in general, like I said, going back to what I said at the very beginning is really important. Is that we as employees or you know when we first get a job i think it is on us to make it clear to our employer that we really want to do meaningful work and it's on our employers to make sure that we're doing meaningful work right from the beginning and that we're given the tools and the support to make it happen i was also pre covid i was actually working out in california i live here in virginia but I was working for another university and I got assigned five interns to work for me. And when they first came, no joke, one of my interns would literally go into these, you know, we had these, it was one of those environments where you were all of the office was set up in cubicles and we had rooms where you could go have meetings, you know, little things. can't remember what those rooms were called, but One of my students literally every morning would go into that room, put his hoodie on, put, you know, pull it over, turn the light off and sit there and sleep. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how do I motivate this guy? How do I get him going? You know, and my boss, who happened to be the publisher of my book, by the way, he he had his side job, you know, creating this publishing company. He just laughed at me. He looked at me, goes, go read your book. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I did write a book on this, didn't I? <laughs> what I did was I went and said, hey, what, what, you know, what do you like doing? And he told me and I said, oh, well, guess what? I have a project you can do. And it was amazing. After that, he came into work. He turned on the light, no hoodie, no sleeping. And he worked on weekends. He'd call me sometimes on weekends and say, hey, I'm working on this. I need more help. I need more guidance. What do you need? You know, I was like, whoa, you know, he, he really did some great work. Yeah. Like I mentioned, it's important to have like uh, sometimes having a mentor or a teacher that knows how to deal with people also important because sometimes people, they have something to do, something to share, something to get done. But if they don't have, let's say maybe this, first direction to put them on the first step because they don't know the first step when they know the first step what is it what is it so they will go and work on it 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, Cheryl, uh, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and what you do? You can go to theambitionquotient.com. And, you know, if you want my book, it's uh, it's short and sweet and to the point. I'm a firm believer of <laughs> getting straight to the point. And I'm happy, you know, to share that with you. There's a contact information on there. And just let me know and I can send you a copy of the book. It's free. Um, I, I feel like the information is really valuable in there and that people need it. So I'm willing to just share it with people and um, let them read a little bit more. There's it's full of anecdotes and stories about, you know, exactly what we've been talking about. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here to do with me on this episode, Chira. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share. As you can tell, I love to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.